Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Sandra. And I'm Jess, and you're listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. All right, uh, we are back with another episode. This is episode 17 Dead Uncles and Vegetables. Not a cute title, but a pretty cute episode. I like this episode. Okay, I have mixed feelings about this episode. We'll get through them. But it is one that I usually skip, guys. I gotta be honest. It's not my... Like, on my rewatch, I usually just continue on. However, it's not a bad episode. I don't skip it. It's definitely filler. Um, And aside from the sad death that obviously happens in it on the character that we never see i just think it's a fun cute little episode yeah well i'm glad that you feel that way emily um and hopefully you also have a good recall of everything that happened because you are up for our summary today all right you ready i i did a last minute preparation so let's hope this is enough you guys (laughs) might see my fastest talking yet three two one go Emily's DAR meetings are at the end every Tuesday at 3, and somehow she is now planning Suki's wedding. Luke's Uncle Louie passed away, and Laura t- uh, Forlight takes it on herself to run the diner while he's busy planning the funeral. Rory gets weirdly aggressive bossing Jess around. The second town trooper arrives up at a farmer's market in the square. Tyler is not happy and quite possibly obsessed with it. No one is coming to Louie's funeral, including family and Warren reenactors, and Louie is buried in with all of his worldly possessions. Jackson is freaking out about the wedding planning until Lorelai talks Suki down from the crazy. Funeral goes on without a hitch, and the town throws awake in Luke's honor. Wow, with four seconds to spare. Oh my gosh. That was like if I put the fast forward button on a VCR. (laughs) Yeah. like (laughs) Emily is definitely our resident fast talker. I think we can all agree, Emily, you have the best like grasp of how to do that. (laughs) Which is blowing my mind right now because I'm from the Northeast and we talk fast, um, especially faster than the Midwest. And yet somehow... Emily is the queen. I grew up with my mom telling me to slow down. I'm talking too fast. <laughs> that was literally my my life motto until I was about 15 and I learned how to how to temper it. Well, well, yeah, you that was a clear success. Did not get a point. You got a point. No point. Oh, no point. Uh, no point. Points are bad. I know that we will at least revamp this next yeah, season. Yeah, at least one person yes. has written in and been <laughs> like what is the problem with the points? Guys, 
sorry. We don't know. <laughs> we, we don't. We don't know. <laughs> we we only I don't know have a few happened. episodes left. Season three, there will be a new thing. I promise. Yes. But before that, we have this episode. So dead uncles and vegetables. We start at the Gilmore Girls' house. Lorelai rushing down the stairs to get the phone, but then she doesn't get the phone, and it's Emily on the machine. Yeah, it's Let's like talk about voicemails. The it's like the coldest cold open. It's so bizarre because really, it's just a Lauren Graham monologue with like yeah interspersed Emily monologue. Mm-hmm. So. Just a weird one. This is like I was watching the episode to prepare and I I was so like caught off guard by how weird this cold open was that I even mentioned it to my partner. I was like, this is so strange. It's it just it's a weird framing device. In cell phone land or cell phone times that we are now in, we don't do voicemail messages like recordings. Right? It's just whatever the phone gives you. So like this brings back memories of being like, hey, well, um, you missed the blank family. Leave your message after the beep. Like, right? yeah. planning your, your voicemail message, even at the beginning of cell phones or when you got a new phone or whatever and you had to, like, record that, it was an event. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah. It was a thing. I mean, even, like, my cell phone, I think if you call my cell phone, it's the answer is, like, hey, you've reached Jessica, but I can't get to the phone right now, so leave your message and I'll give you a call back. Like, and I had to practice that. Yeah. And I had to do it a few times before it was, like, good. I remember in high school, all the rage was those messages that were, hello? Oh, my God. Hello? I can't hear you. I hate those with a passion (laughs) Oh, leave a message. I hate them. Well... To get back to the episode, yes. uh, Lorelai's message is kind of annoying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's kind yeah. of annoying, mm-hmm. but it's it might be because we heard it three times in a row. Um, Emily hates it because, mm-hmm. of course, Emily hates it. <laughs> to be fair, I hate it. So yeah, and I, I have more tolerance for Lorelai and her antics than Emily. So like, I get it. This scene makes me feel like Emily has like a a quota of how annoying she has, how many times she has to annoy Lorelai throughout the week. And so she's like, this is my night. This is yeah. what I'm going to do. Well, she's reminding her that the DAR meetings are on Tuesday. And mm-hmm. well, first she doesn't want to talk to a machine and then she reminds her. And then she calls again just to talk. Vent? Vent, yeah, about the message. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Weird cold open. Yeah. Anyway, we spent way too much time on this Honestly, weird cold open. Honestly, more time so. than the actual scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But our next scene, we jump to the inn where Emily has arrived for her taste test. She is testing mm-hmm. like eight different soups. Eight, but there's six on the table. And I just want to point that mm-hmm. out. She yeah. is the most needy customer. I understand why Lorelai is. I understand why Lorelai. I understand why Lorelai is frustrated, but I don't understand why Lorelai doesn't just like walk away and do her job. Well, because Emily's like, you should be here. 
with me. And she's the manager of the place. The manager and Suki's the chef. Mm -hmm. You really think they would be around for a tasting unless you were actually I can see Suki being there. Just so she can help plan the the menu. Um, I think it's over over the top for Lorelai to be there. I do feel like she was incredibly rude to Emily in this situation, though. Like, it just kind of felt like she was almost baiting her to cause tension. Yeah. And to be fair, Lorelai is in a business setting, and she is treating her mom really unprofessionally. Oh, she's definitely not taking it in a business approach. Yeah. Um, And I I think that's probably what bothered me more than anything. It's like, you are at your place of business as the manager of this inn, and you're being incredibly unprofessional, potentially in front of your client or in front of your employees and possibly other guests as well. However, I'm going to say the opposite as well, because Emily interrupts Lorelai while Lorelai's with an employee. Mm -hmm. And that's super rude. Right? Yes, it is. So like I'm not defending Emily. I'm just saying Lorelai could have handled it better. Yeah, yeah. it reminded me of when Richard was at um the inn and like pulled Lorelai over to talk talk to her and tell her she was wrong. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, when her employee first comes up to her to try to discuss something with her, Emily is like Lorelai and just pulls her away from her actual work, which drove me a little bit wild. Um, but one thing will get Lorelai to leave the situation. And that's Luke. Yep. It is Luke. Um, Before we get to that conversation, we find out, well, Emily finds out, Suki's getting married. Mm -hmm. And um, Emily gets stars in her eyes because Mm -hmm. she gets something to control. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But But she's just helping her. Good reminder that Suki and Jackson are engaged. I oh, saw yeah. that happen a Yay. couple episodes ago, so it's still on. They're still planning. Um, I think each of us have a friend that's getting married yeah. within the next yeah. couple months, mm-hmm. and I think all of us are involved in the bridal party as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Even when you're not the one getting married, and you're just a bridesmaid, oh my god, and it's so expensive, and... Mm-hmm. And is it this scene where Lorelai talks about the bridesmaids' dresses? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. That part bothered me, too. Yeah, that was a little bit odd. So Lorelai asks Suki if she's thought about, or maybe Emily asks Suki if she's thought about bridal party dresses. And Suki says, like, yeah, I have a couple of ideas. And Lorelai's response is, oh, is it having me design and sew them so I don't hate them? And I was like... Whoa, okay, that's definitely a very different tactic than I'm taking with my bridesmaid duties. I was like, girl, literally anything you want me in, I will be there. Six-inch heels and a mini skirt, I'll do it. Like, anything for For the bride. Yeah. Right. We have to bring up our dresses a little bit so we can see our shoes, right? Which is a typical thing for dresses, but that is something that the bride wants, Mm -hmm. and that's something we're going to do. Yeah. yeah, like there's specifications that have to happen, and also that is so much work. How many bridesmaids does Suki have? I have no idea. But like, say <laughs> she even has based like on four. the wedding, it's Lorelai and Rory. Those yeah. are the bridesmaids. Oh, based on the episode we have at yeah. the end of the season, it's just them. It's still it felt it felt like a kind of an overstep. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, yeah. 
especially because Suki's response is like, oh my gosh, I guess that's my plan now. Like, Suki looks really worried. Yeah. Poor Suki. I mean, she laughs it off afterwards. She's like, oh, we're a good pair. Mm-hmm. And, like, just moves on. So she handles it. But, yeah, like, even Suki was like, oh, I guess, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Well, uh, Michelle comes over and Michelle and Luke have met, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, multiple Did you times. Guys listen to how Michelle talks about Luke. The flannel man from the diner with the protruding ankles. Yeah, I did hear that, and I wondered what that meant. What? I don't know. How do ankles protrude? <laughs> like bony ankles? Why does Why does Michelle know what his ankles look like? Michelle just exclusively looks at ankles. Or That is Michelle. When does Luke wear shorts? Saying, when does right? Luke wear pants that aren't full-length jeans? Or not or socks that are high. Yeah, like... Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I think in something happens to the timeline here because Michelle and Luke later on both like talk about each oh, other. Yeah, like, I hate the French guy or something. something. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. Anyways, Luke calls, and Laura like gets an excuse to leave. Yep, and Luke wants to book nine rooms, and he doesn't offer really a reason at first. He just says he wants nine rooms, and of course, Lorelai has to push well, they- him. <laughs> They have a really awkward conversation beforehand because it's like yeah. Luke doesn't know how to ask. Yeah. I think it just he hates asking for help. Also, like, it's implied that Luke doesn't know what tetherball tether is and it, like... It's implied that neither of them know what tetherball is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And it's just, like... I mean, it's in the name. It's an awkward conversation. <laughs> it is. Lorelai feels like she's being over nice about the whole thing. Yeah. Like, well, and then it gets even more awkward because Luke it's like, well, it's for a funeral. My uncle died and I'm having people come into town. And then, of course, there's all of the awkwardness of like when you realize somebody's in mourning, but you didn't know. Mm-hmm. So you didn't treat them like they were in mourning. And then they didn't want to be treated like they were in mourning. Like it's just a kind of a messy situation. Um, yeah. A, a small little moment. Lorelai's what? When she hears. It's just so sad. Like, Lauren knocked it out of the park with just that single word. Mm -hmm. I thought she did such a great job. Yeah. And this is the beginning of uh, Lorelai kind of dropping everything for Luke in this episode. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the beginning of her no longer being manager of the inn, but being manager of the funeral situation. She She really steps up as a friend. She does. She does. Very much so, yeah. yeah. The next scene, we're walking through Stars Hollow Square. We get a Troubadour sighting. Yeah. singing Wham! for whatever I reason. Want, <laughs> I want to make a very quick note, too, for, like, probably a maybe a full second. At the very beginning of the scene, you can see the girls just standing at the edge of the sidewalk before they take their <laughs> oh first step. Gosh. Like, they're waiting. Oh, like, awkward. it's a blink and you miss it kind of thing. But, like, you kind of see, you see Laura and standing there, and she kind of, like, does something with her hair. To, like, settle it, and then they start walking. (laughs) I wonder if you couldn't see it in the original format, because, you know, TVs were square Yeah, back then. It's possible. I feel like it was kind of in the middle of the... They were in the middle of the screen. (laughs) And again, it was very much, like, a blink and you miss it. If I hadn't been, like, 
so attentively watching and waiting for like a book reference, I probably would not have even noticed it. <laughs> so it's another and boom then mic I like situation. had to rewind it. Another boom mic. Another girl in Max yeah. Vadina's classroom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the same person was responsible for all of those moments. <laughs> well, guys, it's Rory's first scene of the entire episode. Yeah, she hasn't been in any like. Rory almost feels like a side character in this episode. I feel absolutely like, like she yeah. has no storyline aside from bothering her Jess and just yeah her and Jess yeah. Well, they're walking through uh, Stars Hollow, and Rory's like upset over Luke, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Rory and Luke relationship sometimes feels more told than seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do think that this is a moment where oh, you do see that connection between the two of them, and you don't have to be told it. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Yeah. I mean, we mentioned Lorelai kind of takes over the managing of the funeral situation, but she also pretty much takes over the diner while he's handling everything, too. Mm-hmm. And Rory's right there with her the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Like, she doesn't have very many lines, but she's right there. Because, yeah, they arrive at Luke's, and there's, like, a thousand people. Mm-hmm. They all need to get served. Jess is mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. Yeah. Because he's and- upstairs watching I Dream of Jeannie, apparently. <laughs> Luke is, like, on the phone, and he has that corded phone with the million mile long cord and he's trying mm-hmm. to deliver plates but people are having to duck under the cord it's like totally a mess and yeah both rory and lorelei immediately step in and start serving people yeah like, you deal with this we'll take care of the food mm-hmm. like i said i usually skip this episode so even i was like where's jess right mm-hmm. like and i was thinking <laughs> to myself is this a jessless jessless jess yeah. Yeah. Just list. Dash list. Yeah. Um, episode, right? Because occasionally we have those. But no, mm-hmm. he's there. Mm-hmm. He's just upstairs. It is a deanless episode. It is a deanless episode. Yeah. And so Rory wonders where Jess is and she goes upstairs. She knocks, no answer. And then she announces herself and he immediately opens the door. <laughs> yep. Yeah, not many people Jess would do that for, except I guess we do find out later Miss Patty <laughs> somehow qualifies as a door opener. Spoilers. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, that's planned. He's just hanging out, watching TV, and Rory is immediately like, nope, you are coming downstairs. Down you are helping out. Yeah. Which good for her. Oh, yeah. So do you think her motives are to help to like hey luke's in trouble he needs your help get down here and help him or do you think her motives are where is he close to him boy where are you i think it's a little bit of both because she is pretty physical with him in this episode like Like grabbing his hand grabbing grabbing him him, pushing him him around and i mean he certainly isn't he's complaining the whole time but if if he didn't want to do something i mean this is much later but he goes to a town meeting, and it's kind of implied he's kind of there for her. So yeah, oh, yeah. One of my favorite lines from him: um, "Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed." <laughs> yes. Yep. I have quoted yeah. that so many times in my life, and I don't know if he made it up. That might be from something else. But like, oh I no, think it's a thing. Okay, that's, that is yeah. a thing. That's a very yeah. um, old term. But like every time I hear him say it, I'm like, oh, my heart. <laughs> yeah. But now we've got, we've assembled the dream team. We've got both the Gilmore girls and Jess. They're going to run the diner. And Luke is finally going to be able to take care of the stuff he needs to for the funeral. 
Well, Rory literally pushes Jess down the stairs, which first off, Mm -hmm. could have killed him. Lorelai looks like she kind of smiles at it. Yeah. Like, she thinks it's kind of cute, but has, like, no reaction past that. Like, she doesn't have a problem with Jess, doesn't have a problem with the relationship. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there is, like, zero commentary on the Jess and Rory friendship in this episode, which is funny because I feel like every single time they've interacted in the past, there's always some kind of Mm -hmm. commentary on it. Either Lorelai disapproving, Dean disapproving, Rory having to stand up for herself and why she wants to be friends with Jess, but nope, they're just allowed to interact like normal kids in this episode. And uh, I love the it note that. that I have is mm-hmm. the look Lorelai gives Rory and Jess is a mix of okay, that's happening, and I'm not getting involved. And I yeah, which is great and the way it should have been. <laughs> yep. Um, but Luke comes back. He's still on hold. We find out that Louis died in Florida, and so they have to ship the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's specific, like, ways that Louis needs to be interred, right? So, like, the funeral mm-hmm. and all that stuff, there has to be reenactors, there's a salute and everything. And it, Luke is doing this all for his dad. Yes. Yeah. Because Louis didn't have any kids, Louis didn't have a wife. So all of the plans that are being made for his funeral are the ones that Luke's dad had requested specifically. And we don't get a lot of, like, Luke's family backstory, but his relationship with his dad is one of those things that we come mm-hmm. back to over and over again. Of, like, mm-hmm. he's he's this gruff guy, his dad wasn't the best person, but his he wants to honor his father. And in this specific yeah. instance, he has very clear instructions of how I to I feel do like that. it's a facet of Luke. Mm-hmm. Like, his dad is always there around him, even, like, when he's not mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like, it's still William's hardware. I mean... Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, so he's doing this for his dad, but not necessarily for Louis. Louis doesn't sound like the best person that ever lived. No. That's an understatement if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get more into who Louis was, but no, this is this is 100% for his dad. Yeah. So Luke has to go to Hartford and he's like, I'm going to close down the diner. Lorelai says, no. We will take care of it. Yep. And I honestly, mm-hmm. I just think that it's so sweet, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a big thing to take on. But at the same time, she seems very capable of it. This is something that Lorelai actually quite enjoys. Yes. Lor- Lorelai fully volunteers and takes over and then apparently goes home and stu- studies at the diner. <laughs> Which is very cute. To just fully immerse herself um, in the situation. I'm from New Jersey, and I love aka it. the land of diners. And um, I have never heard of anyone using diner talk. It may be like in the 50s Maybe. or something, right? Like it feels like the yeah. kind of thing you'd say in like a little paper boat hat and matching frilly <laughs> skirt <laughs> so i know we go into the void sometimes with the timeline however i have to point something out rory and jess are supposed to go to school no yeah i was thinking about that and we never see them at school There's they get no out of their uniform rory seems yep. to always be at the diner yeah and it can't be a weekend because we have the tasting on the yep. Tuesday. And the Friday night dinner is and at the end. And then we see Emily again yeah. and she refers, yeah, to Friday so night dinner. So you're telling me that Rory Gilmore, the girl who refused to skip school for anything, skip school for this? I'm just, 
wondering if like if just... every time we actually see them at the diner it just happens to be after school or in the evening or... maybe and school is just completely i mean they never clarify so maybe it's spring break <laughs> we have no idea what time of year does louis funeral happen after friday night dinner uh no before because the liter the episode literally ends, ends on that essentially emily saying like i'll see you tonight for dinner okay so that means that i mean like louis body is even like shipped and delivered and prepped and buried in the span of like three days which is really fast three that's days? really fast it's really fast that it's doesn't really, happen it can even take up to two weeks yeah Oof. <laughs> i've been to a lot of funerals in my life most of the funerals that i've been to happen four to five mm-hmm. days after the death mm-hmm. sometimes a little sooner depending on how they fall and i mean i know it's also dependent upon funeral homes availability and stuff like that but like, well, I'm thinking if they have to ship it from Florida, yeah, they, and I haven't had any bodies yeah. had to be shipped home either. It's always been like, yeah, horrible. that process alone would have taken a while. But well, guys, yeah, uh, here we are talking about a time loop. We fall <laughs> yeah. into one. <laughs> we have a B plot going on here. <laughs> I love this B plot. I know that we're gonna like skip over it for the most part just because it's so minor. But I absolutely love. The farmer's market, the vegetable stand B plot. It's so silly. It's so silly. And it's this is we are a season and a half into Gilmore Girls, and somebody was like, Taylor needs to get a dose of his own medicine. <laughs> yes. Here's how we're doing it. Well Yes. Uh so essentially And I am here for it. That might be the only reason I watched this episode is for that. Taylor lo- is losing customers because the guy who tried to be the town troubadour is now running a vegetable stand in front of the gazebo and Taylor just has a fit about it because how could this be? How is he allowed to do this? And he's being Taylor about it. He's not going to let it slide. It like drives him nearly to insanity. He's sitting in the diner later, like muttering under his breath (laughs) about vegetables because he's so upset. So one thing I want to mention is that it seems like Dean is only in the market whenever it needs to be in the story. But, like, otherwise, he's yeah. not the bag boy. Yeah. Well, and we we touched on this briefly before we started recording, but when you put this Rory and Jess episode in context of when the last time we saw Rory and Jess together was, there was so much drama about from Dean mm-hmm. about them mm-hmm. interacting at all. It's so interesting that we have this episode where they are interacting closely. They're being very physical, right? She's grabbing him, pushing him, dragging him around. And there's never a mention of, oh, Dean wouldn't like me to be here in the diner or anything like that. Dean does not exist. Just totally fine. Today's, like, in today's episode. I, I'm going to make an executive decision and decide that this week is <laughs> spring break and Dean <laughs> is on vacation Chicago. with his family. He's just far away. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We could say that. That's why they're always at the diner. That's why we don't see Dean. That that is that is the decision. Yeah. One thing that we should mention is that um, Mr. Schubert, number two slash now farmers market dude, does actually have all his permits, and he's properly mm-hmm. like yes, everything's properly done. He learned his lesson from last time. You know, because it is like such a plot B storyline in this episode. I'm not going to do it, but like. If I could make him Townsperson <laughs> of the Week, 
he would be my primary choice. He, hey, you know like, what? He would be choice number one. He's He does really well in this episode. He's super chill. He kills but like, Taylor with kindness, and I love it. Yes, and when we get to it, there may be another musical moment. Um, <laughs> I'll say that. Okay, continuing on, we did, before we get to uh, Taylor in the diner, we do pop back to mm-hmm. the inn quickly. Mm-hmm. And Michelle's concerned about the nine rooms set aside with no credit card. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I feel like is super fair. Also, he talks about, like, talks to her. Yeah. Like, I need you to explain this to me because this is not right in a business kind of sense. Yeah. So he's he's making light of it by essentially making fun of Luke. Oh my god, I love all and of it. And I understand, like, personal business and maybe not wanting to share it, but I don't understand why Lorelai wasn't just like, Michelle, funeral, let it go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would have been the end of it. Yeah. But French fry convention, milkshake symposium soda pops <laughs> that's not entertaining pickle party like they were great they were Heck great yeah i'd attend a pickle party in a hot minute i, love I would run as far as i could from a pickle party um but i mean so at, throughout the episode we find out those rooms are not actually being used uh the people that mm-hmm. luke invites don't actually come so Yes, Lorelai did this for a friend. Yes, if she had said, no, these are for Luke, there's a funeral, he's having people come to town, that should be enough for Michelle. But, like, this was a bad business call in the end. Like, this is potentially money they lost out on. I mean, to be fair, this happened so quickly. This is nine rooms that had nobody booked in them literally that day. Yeah. Or the next day. Which, honestly, is kind of surprising she had nine rooms to spare. Right? Did she kick mm-hmm. somebody out for if it was spring break? For as busy as the inn always which, and seems Emily to be. is saying it's spring mm-hmm. break. <laughs> it should have been full. I mean, who goes to Connecticut for spring break? True. <laughs> Go to the warm. <laughs> from the you know what? Fair. That's completely fair. But we fair. do also have more Emily and Suki. Yeah, Emily walks in because table arrangements. Yeah, uncomplicated table arrangements. Lorelai's surprised because they did not have an appointment, but no, she has an appointment with Suki because she is becoming Suki's wedding planner. Yeah, and... Which, I'm gonna go with a little more unprofessionalism on Lorelai's part. How do you not know this is going on in your di- in your inn, in your business? Your yep, entire dining room is taken up diner. with this. Nobody in, nobody <laughs> in your inn can eat oh, yeah, that's a good at point. your inn. That's a very good point, actually. Maybe this is in between, like, breakfast and lunch. She's sending them all to the diner. <laughs> this is just in the hours before. <laughs> I don't know. Guys, I took pictures of all the flower arrangements and the tables, and I want to go through them. The first one is, like, is this purple, like, with white flowers, a very long, white, clear vase with white flowers, purple mm-hmm. candles, and purple and white china. Out of five, what would you rate this? Physics does not make sense to me on this. How are those flowers? I on give that it a two <laughs> because I hate it. <laughs> I know you guys don't like it. I think that there's something like a little bit like whimsical about it. Like I think that you could make this into something kind of like witchy, kind of practical mm-hmm. magic. I'd say it's a four in How my book. Like? I'm gonna go with a four because of the purple. That's really all I need. Okay. Well, and I, I think the flower. I th- I think the flower arrangement is pretty. I do like the flower arrangement. Yeah. I wish it wasn't in that clear vase. Super tall, skinny. But I like it a lot more than I like number two, which we're just about to get. Because 
it doesn't get in the way of looking at people at your table. That is true. Yes. It's not a visual block, unlike this second one where there is a shrub in the middle mm-hmm. of the table. Also white flowers. Uh, the tablecloth is like a pink floral. It looks like it's something you would see in the Cheshire Cat. Yes. The china seems more just a standard white. However, the napkins are pink. What are we giving this out of five? It's white and gold, yeah. I go a two. I'm not a fan. Well, also, (laughs) the shrub is, like, very greenery heavy. Mismatched. And it has lights speckled throughout it. Yeah, there are lights. Like, I don't think that this all goes together. This is like a one. I also for give me. it a one. I really, it would be such a pain. Yeah, this is not good. Because people would be doing toast. Somebody wouldn't be able to see. It'd be a mess. Yeah. Boo. And this one, unfortunately, we don't see too much about, too much of, but it is a. It looks like the same tablecloth. It is a similar tablecloth. The flower arrangement is shorter and it is of red and pink. Mm-hmm. They look like. Tulips, tulips and roses, maybe? Yes. Carnations? And the yeah. napkins and Definitely the candles tulips. are red, like a blood red. What do we think about this one? I actually... One. I honestly? Like I like the tulips. I think it kind of works for Suki. Yeah, right? Right? Like, the really bright colors, the bright red and the bright green together is kind of Suki. For me, it would be a no. I would say this one can have, like, a three. I like the flower arrangement. I don't feel like it meshes with the tablecloth. I was going to say the same it, thing. No, they, yeah. Like a plain white tablecloth would look really nice with this. Right in the middle. I would also give it a three, actually. How about you, Emily? From what I can see, I do like the dishes. But I would give it a one. Mm. I just, I feel like the overall it's just clashes. Not yeah. Well, table number four um, is the one that we get like the least close. It's pretty far away. Um, however, the flowers seem to be daffodils yellow and orange very high oh i thought they were lilies oh they might be lilies are the yellow ones lots of greenery daffodils and the orange one lilies i think it's maybe a mix so it's a mix of flowers um very high as well there's a lot of green Mm -hmm. the tablecloth looks a little bit more formal it is like fancy it's like flounced gathered Yeah. yeah and the china seems to have like some kind of blue undertone I hate this. <laughs> I don't think it matches at all. In the in the screenshot that Sandra took, it <laughs> caught a little bit of the closed captions. And so it just says, God. <laughs> and that's kind of how I feel yeah. <laughs> about this. Just like, oh my God. Actually, Sandra. It just, it's so over the top. Sandra put her own text on this. Is like, this, I just need you guys to know how I feel. <laughs> I think it's too much. It's a, it like... The flowers are too informal. The tablecloth is too formal. There's these weird, like, napkin angels around the table. Oh. It's just bad. I'd say this if is I a one. If I could give it a zero, I would. But I give it a one. <laughs> I'm agreeing. It it clashes. None of it makes sense. They don't go together. Mm-hmm. And our last table, we have, like, white lace over a pink tablecloth. Mm-hmm. These, like, dusty pink roses. Kind of uh, a lot of green again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very pink. Everything is like a baby pink. Candles yeah. and the napkins are also baby pink. The china is standard white. I don't like the bottom uh tablecloth, the pink tablecloth. But besides that, I don't mind this. I would give this like a three to a four. 
That's what I was thinking. It just seems sweet, romantic. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything necessarily wrong with it. It's just kind of a taste thing. Yeah. And I think I think it's cute. Yeah. I think it's pretty. Uh, my parents got married in 89, and their wedding color was like this same kind of soft mm-hmm. baby pink. So it's definitely kind of timeless as far as weddings are concerned. I would say I'd get it probably a four. Again, I agree. It's very romantic, very soft. It's the most yes, wedding-y, I, agree. I think, of mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. It feels very wedding. The other ones feel like banquet. This feels like a wedding. Although I do agree with what you said before, Jess. This makes it hard to talk to people across because the centerpiece is so yeah. big. <laughs> There's a shrub in the middle yeah. of the table. It's hard to see because the shrub seems like it's sitting like a good foot and a half above the table and I can't see what it's sitting on. It's like a little white like, I assume pie there's dish. a vase in there. Yeah. I don't know. I, it just, it's hard to see. Especially if you were like taller. If you were really short, this would work. Mm-hmm. But if you're tall, like your face <laughs> is going to be shrubbable. Well, yeah, that was our informal table review. Um, we seem to have mm-hmm. all liked the last one a little bit more just because it's more romantic and wedding-y. Wedding-y. Mm-hmm. Well. So Lorelai, so Lorelai has already realized that this is not good. Oh, yeah. The funny thing that Suki says is that this preview is all totally free. As somebody who works in events, no, it's not. You have to pay. I mean, she should have paid for the tasting. She should be paying for this showing. Like, somebody is there bringing these materials, prepping. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Lorelai knows that this is a slippery slope, and Suki is so sweet. Do you think Emily paid for it? Just to get involved? I think that there's a potential chance, yeah. Yeah, I do think so. Um, But Emily treats this worker so badly, and I... I hate, I hate it when I watch any show, but specifically in Go Girls for whatever reason, when they treat the help or the workers yeah. or anyone badly. Like it just sucks. Yeah, like it's supposed to be funny, but you know Emily called this lady's boss. Yeah, and like ripped somebody a new one for a fingerprint that Lorelai put there. Yeah, yeah, and like nobody's eating out of these dishes, so it doesn't matter if they're clean or not. Like, it doesn't impact the overall look. Like, did they set all this stuff know. up with gloves on? I guess they should <sighs> have. But, like, this whole thing, like you said, Jess, would be a fortune. Mm-hmm. Guys, my best friend's brother got married, and the, his mom gifted him the flowers. Guess how much the flowers were? Throw out some numbers. Um, I mean... 1500 I'd say 8000 Jess, you're closer. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Flowers for what? For the wedding. Bouquets? Nope. For everything. 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 Okay, okay. Um, Okay. The bouquet. I I feel like I'm cheating now because I already have Jess's number in my head. I'm going to (laughs) go 9,500. Bob. (laughs) $18,000. Oh my gosh. Flowers that die. How many people were at the wedding? 250. Yes, this was after COVID. Wow. I was not at this wedding. Okay. <laughs> I, maybe for like a 500-person wedding, I could see $18,000 in... Wow. I did the florals for one of my best friend's wedding. $60. Farmer's <laughs> market. That sounds better. That was enough to do the arch, boutonniere, bouquet, centerpieces, had extras. It's the way to do it, friends. And that sounds like mm-hmm. what Suki was originally planning. Yeah. That's like a big thing is that 
We know that Suki's wedding plan was supposed to be small and sweet. <sighs> Sunk her claws. And now Emily has come in, and yep. this seems like a lot, the table setting, but we're not even getting started yet. Like, things are going to ramp up. <laughs> like, at this point, we're still at just, you know what, we're going to mm-hmm. have a bit of a fancier wedding. That's the line we're at right now. Well, we have a break of the weddings because we go back to the funeral. Yeah. And first off, Taylor's having his mental breakdown. And it's awesome. Legitimately. Yep. Turnips, I think. And <laughs> just muttering about turnips. <laughs> Rory is serving during the lunch rush. So again. Spring break. It, it's not the weekend. It's spring break. It's gotta be it. Where's yeah. Jess? Who knows? Out playing basketball. Yeah. What? Jess? <laughs> With who? Have you met him? <laughs> Most likely. With Dean, maybe? But Lorelai is also showing off her diner yes. talk. She wants to put Adam and Eve on a on a raft and wreck him. So she talks a man <laughs> out of ordering what he wants to eat so that she can use her funny lingo. I could certainly never be served by Lorelai because I am very particular about what I want. (laughs) Lorelai has a shift for me throughout this episode. Like, at the beginning of it, the way she treats Suki and the way she's kind of treating Emily in a professional setting, like, it's all very kind of selfish of I'm going to do what I want and curse anybody who disagrees with me. I think this point in the episode, right after this, is where it starts to, like, fully see the shift to the other way of purely selfless helping others Lorelai we, we I feel like we see two weird extremes of her personality mm-hmm. but she makes it very fun and quirky and that's why you like it and love her yeah <laughs> yeah Kirk arrives I love that he's confused that Luke isn't there and like a part of me thinks if Luke opens at five o'clock in the morning six o'clock let's say six o'clock is he expected to be there until nine o'clock at night every day I mean He's the owner, he's the main server, he's essentially the host. Like, this is definitely a small business where there is, like, a staff of three, and one of them is probably an unpaid teenager. (laughs) Right? Also, Jess is a minor, and having been a supervisor to a bunch of minors, they need, it's very specific hours. Like, Mm -hmm. there are exceptions in family-owned businesses when you are working for family. There are exceptions. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. I was wondering about that because I know I've had friends whose, like, parents owned restaurants and they would Mm -hmm. just, like, Like a Bob's Burger situation. And we do know that Luke pays (laughs) Jess because at some point when Jess gets the car, Luke's like, I know what I pay you and it's not enough to buy this. So he probably gets paid pennies, but he does get paid. Well, regardless. Kirk is there. Kirk is being Kirk. And the troubadour number two, he does come in to get a coffee. Hot blonde with sand. Because he is just, you know, yeah, mud mud with sand. He's just working I love so that he hard knows it. out there selling his vegetables. <laughs> yes. Because he's like, we didn't really get a good like introduction to who he was when we met him as the second troubadour. He was just like this guy mm-hmm. who showed up. But now we're getting a lot more of his personality. He's just, like, very cool, very hippie. Turns out he grows all of these vegetables in his backyard. We don't find out this conversation. We find out next conversation. But, yeah, he really, he is doing really well, and it's driving Taylor absolutely bonkers. Do you think he's bragging? I think, especially based on the conversation they have at the end of Mm -hmm. this episode, he knows at this point what he's doing. That's what I felt, too. and. 
I don't know if you noticed the look Taylor gives him, but I feel like Taylor Dozy could commit murder and it would be him. Yep. That's who he would kill. Yeah, I, he's he is really pushing Taylor's buttons and the fact that he did everything right, right? He got the permits. Mm-hmm. That is like that to me, that's like premeditated. You know, like he knew I have to do this right because otherwise Taylor's going to shut me down mm-hmm. and he wanted to be right. I feel like every single part of this from the second tr- troubadour was meticulously planned and well like he after his experience being the second town troubadour and losing the ability to do that, he knew what he would have to do. And he's like, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. <laughs> and he's right. And people are loving his veggies. Like, this made me want to go to a farmer's market so <laughs> bad. Like, as soon as I saw this, we had a freak snowstorm in Portland today, so, like, not exactly... April uh, weather. <laughs> like, the best for buying vegetables in the open air, but... This weekend, you know I'm going to go and, like, smell some parsley. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while this is going on, Lorelai sneaks upstairs to Luke's apartment to give him food. Mm -hmm. Um, Because she's still taking care of him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that we see that the room actually did expand. Mm -hmm. We can see they clearly busted into some other place based off of the horrible wallpaper that was (laughs) was there. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Luke is upset because not one of his relatives are going to come to this funeral. Not even Liz, who has a son that currently lives in Stars Hollow. She could visit. And she doesn't even call back. Yeah, at this point, like, Liz is still awful. Mm -hmm. Like, really, it is not until we see her in person that she becomes somebody who is redeemable at all. In my mind, they're two different characters. They have to, like... Because, like... They retconned her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They were like, let's make her quirky. But nobody's coming. Not <laughs> but yes. And I, I love quirky Liz. Uh, but yeah, Louis sucked. Like, that's kind of like the long and short of it. Louis was not a well-liked guy. We kind of continue to find this out throughout the episode. But even his family mm-hmm. doesn't want to be there. But his family also have pretty good reasons for Some not being of them. Liz Some of excluded. them have pretty good reasons. And the parrot one may be excluded. I will say, though... Scott Patterson's gorgeous Petey impression might be the highlight. It's like, I think, step two right yeah, below the really Troubadour battle. <laughs> Second Troubadour Farmer's Market battle. That's my favorite. Gorgeous Petey. Gorgeous Petey. That was, was on point. I loved it. That's one of those things where, like, as an actor, like, as an actor, <laughs> as somebody who used to do theater um like there are things that you do on stage that you would be so embarrassed of doing in real life but you're just so in it Mm -hmm. in that moment that has to be what that was because that was just wild that parrot impression i love it well lorelei tries to calm him down tries to tell him that the stars hollow people will be there Mm -hmm. so we think Mm -hmm. they won't be (laughs) (laughs) well halfway through or towards the end Rory comes upstairs, and I love the look on her face because it looks like, like, you know when you, you were a teenager and you had to interrupt the adults talking? You're just like, like hey. She looks mm-hmm. like that anxious kind of like, uh, I have to say something. And it's that Jackson's outside, and he seems really upset. Also, she asks mm-hmm. for Jess's, he's playing basketball. No, he's not. <laughs> I And we don't, we never know what he was doing. We just all of a sudden see Rory also left to go get so i guess rory went upstairs 
told them about Jackson and then mm-hmm. asked where Jess was and then just left. Yep. To go find And then Jess. immediately went to go find him. I, I Presumably actually playing basketball because she found them in five seconds. I can only assume and he then, was in a bookstore and she knows yeah, him well enough. That seems more right. Well, and so when, again, I haven't rewatched this episode recently, but when I heard Jack is, Jackson is outside and he's upset, my brain automatically went to the wrong B-plot. I was like, oh, he's upset about the vegetables, <laughs> oh, too. Oh, that would have been, yeah. That's where my brain went. That, that would make sense. sense. That would have been an interesting, yeah. But no, it's the other, other B-plot. C-plot. Um, and it makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah, he just wants a simple Suki wedding. and Emily are They're walking measuring. the town and moving the gazebo. Oh, my gosh. Because they need a 16-string orchestra. I can't. Uh, I just, like... This is so... I'm, like, overwhelmed. So, Suki... We've worked so hard with Suki over this season for her to be a competent mm-hmm. adult, right? Like, we had season one where she's setting things on fire, smacking people with pans, and we're slowly starting to be like, no, she is a professional. She is good mm-hmm. at her job. Like, she can be trusted. And this girl is not thinking about the money at all she is so wrapped up in emily land which is what they keep calling it that she doesn't realize that measuring the town moving the gazebo are things that like are unfathomable i mean moving the gazebo is gonna cost like minimum ten thousand dollars alone i mean and also it would probably damage the gazebo it's like it's not even it's and it's impossible guys essentially it's impossible you know that Taylor would shut that down immediately. Oh, yeah. You know that Taylor moves the gazebo in season seven. Oh, so it yeah. can be moved. I didn't watch season seven, so yeah. I have no idea what you're talking it about. Out but, there. Sure. <laughs> but no, this is just, it's too much. And Jackson, Jackson knows that Lorelai is the one to talk to, right? I mean, all those centerpieces are like, and, and we're putting it in today's money, at least in my head. But those are still like five hundred dollar per table decorations there. Oh yeah, you're Between I mean the you're looking at and all the silverware. Multiple and thousands e- and thousands of dollars just yeah. for the table settings, not counting yeah. the flowers. And he he and- expected them to have a nice small wedding. And I really liked this conversation because Jackson says, mm-hmm. like, what well, we had agreed upon, we didn't argue at all. Like, we were both on the same page. The first time in history that anybody's been on the same page about their wedding. Mm-hmm. And then in walked like, Emily. And I want her to be happy. Yes. I want her to have the wedding that she wants. But this is Unrealistic. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we move on to our next scene, which, guys, it is a town meeting. Woo! Gosh, it's been a while. And apparently Twinkle Lights Harry is retiring. Mm -hmm. I love that they had a Twinkle Lights After 20 years. But where are we going to get our Twinkle Lights now? Do they exclusively sell (laughs) Twinkle Lights? Like, just Christmas lights everywhere. I think so. I hope so. Small towns. I mean, there are two cat-inspired stores. (laughs) That is true. So that means that Richard must have gone into the Twinkle Light store when he looked at every single business in town. Uh, Yeah. What I love is that just yeah. is for some God knows reason at this town meeting and Luke and Jess are being snarky together and it's beautiful. It's so good. It's perfect. And Jess doesn't even act like he's no. above it. 
like usually when Jess gets involved in stuff, he's like, oh, you know, like I'm cooler than this. No, he's just like earnestly sitting in the town meeting with his uncle. Like it's a really great moment. I've just I'm convinced that Jess just thinks of this whole thing as a bit and he's going <laughs> along with it. Like the whole town meeting. Well, and then of course Lorelai and Rory show Before up. Before we get there, yep. I just wanted to mention because like Jess, a lot of people just think of Jess and his relationship to Rory, right? But realistically, in this mm-hmm. story, the big relationship Jess has is Luke, right? And mm-hmm. yep. to see the progress, I mean, in a couple episodes, it's going to go the opposite way. But right now, where they're at from where they were is is amazing. I love it. I love the little arc we've had so far. Yeah, it is. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. But so uh, Lorelai and Rory do arrive. With Jess looks delighted. <laughs> There's a part where Lorelai and Luke are talking to each other, and Jess is just looking straight yep. past them at Leaning Rory the over. whole time. It's so cute. Which I thought was so cute. Lorelai does her like trademark being quippy yeah. out loud during the meeting so that everybody can hear. She makes like two dirty jokes about it's the gavel. It's so funny because um, the only one that's laughing is Babette and she laughs so hard every time. I'm living for the dirty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai knows her audience. I love the dirty jokes. Like I said, I like this episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun. It's yeah. creepy. It's it feels cute. like a season one episode. Well, it kind of does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really it's really mm-hmm. light. Especially considering mm-hmm. it's about a funeral. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Taylor has something on his mind. There is a reason why he's here at this town meeting other than just to be the chair. And it's because he has business that he would like to discuss. He recuses himself. He joins the people. <laughs> he hands over his gavel. And he brings up that it is not right that troubadour number two has the garden or not the garden the farmer's, farmer's market, market because he has the wrong mm-hmm. permit the he has a cart kiosk cart kiosk permit <laughs> which means it needs to roll in and roll out and he just like talks himself into a a frenzy <laughs> yeah he is taylor is unwell <laughs> what's funny is that he expects troubadour number one to defend him and Troubadour number one's like, you give me such a hard time. Why would I ever do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- He's even written a song about it. And here comes something that I was so psyched when I heard it that I went back and replayed it a couple of times. They give the lyrics. He sings a bit of the song. Rory and Lorelai are big fans. They're like, no, it's so good. And then Lorelai says, I thought you would do more about the sweater. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's canon, okay? It is canon. Everybody knows that Taylor wears the same sweater. <laughs> the second that happened, Dashboard Confessionals Vindicated started playing in my head. And I was like, yes, this is for all of you haters out there who were like, stop talking about his sweater. Even the people of Stars Hollow talk about his sweater. So I just thought that was such a great moment. And it's tucked away in this little episode, in this little town meeting. I heard the line and my very first thought was, I agree. Jess is going <laughs> to feel this. Uh, yeah. Well, we also have more Jess and Rory back and forth. As soon as the town meeting's over, Rory's on Jess. Like, do you think that Rory's trying to mold Jess into like what she 
thinks he should like you know what i mean like thinks dean would have been helping begrudgingly yeah and he might have gave attitude and he may have wanted you know something in return but he would have helped yeah i mean i think she just wants i think primarily she wants him to be Mm -hmm. helping luke right because she and her mom are going Mm -hmm. out of their way to help but i think she also does just want him to work as a friend or more in her life and him being sullen and separate from everything that doesn't work with the rory gilmore lifestyle She is a big yeah. part of this town. That's a big part of her life. And so she does kind of want him to be involved. I do remember being in high school and, like, there were certain events and I could be paired up with a boy I liked. And I took those opportunities. And maybe Rory is, too? Uh-oh. It's. I mean, she has a very good reason to have to hang out with him for hours and hours every day. Yeah. A selfless reason. I think Rory is still kind of oh, in denial about her feelings. Mm-hmm. But I think she is still great opportunity here to spend, like you said, hours with this boy. Well, the yeah. town meeting's over. Luke is calling out to Taylor. Taylor's trying to scurry away as fast as he can. But nope, Luke catches them. And he catches all of the reenactors. Yeah, because. And they don't want to reenact. Because Louis was a veteran. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so technically, by like Star's Hollow Law, he should get a send off from the reenactors. But they all disliked Louis so much that unanimously they refuse. I mean, one of them, apparently he, at the very least, semi-stalked and harassed one of their wives so much that it changed her personality. Yeah. Which is definitely played off as a joke, but it's not a joke. Right. Um, that should not be a joke. Yeah. And That's a joke of its time, Kirk clearly. Kirk and his dog, who also kind of got abused. Yeah, animal abuse. <sighs> like, Louis was a... Bad guy. Yeah. I will say one thing, because you mentioned it before, Jess. Usually, veterans get the 21 friend salute. Mm -hmm. My brother is a vet. He is thankfully still alive. Um, But I do know that that's Mm -hmm. a common practice. I've never heard it being done by reenactors. Yeah, it's normally by the branch of military that they were in. Yeah, I think it's probably a star's hollow, insular, like... They're just their own weird little world kind of thing. Yeah. Because if you grew up with it, it might have some Mm -hmm. more meaning, you know? Because my brother's army vet, too. And so I just assumed it's ASP doing what ASP wants to do. Yeah. (laughs) Because realistically, you know, the military would never be like, oh, we didn't like his personality. We're not going to do that. So you kind of have to sub in the reenactors if you, I guess, even have an opportunity to do that. Well, regardless, they're not going to do it because Louis sucked, as previously stated, and he was a loner and he was miserable and he had no kids. And oh my God, are they describing Luke? Yeah, this becomes like a very like introspective Luke episode because he starts starting to think, oh my gosh, oh, is this me? Is this what I'm becoming? Which is kind of scary. It says, I'm getting crankier. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. I feel like we're all getting crankier with age. Yeah. But yeah, no, nothing is going the way Luke mm-hmm. wanted. He's just trying to honor his dad's wishes. And mm-hmm. slowly but surely, everything is going wrong. Well, and another place that everything yeah. is going wrong is Suki's wedding plans. Uh, first off, Suki's on a MacBook Air, it seems like. A MacBook Air. Uh, 2002 i don't know but she thinks it's like (laughs) 
the best technology it's, that's ever happened. It's yeah. so fancy. Super high Maybe tech. it was for the time, but like now I'm just like, oh wow. And now it's just the Czech Republic and Slovakia. No, but Suki. <laughs> it definitely dates the episode a little. Suki mm-hmm. has absolutely fallen down the Emily Land rabbit hole at this point. Like, she is looking at what giant paper mache yeah. mushrooms, Chinese acrobats. So it's, I mean, it's absolutely wild. Like, this is so, so over the top. And as soon as Lorelai hears it, she knows that she needs to step in and stop it. Michelle, on the other hand, is really thinking <laughs> this is incredibly funny. <laughs> I honestly, all of this is, is too much, right? Like Suki, and as soon as like, oh my Suki gosh. starts parroting back like what she's saying, like, oh my god, this is a lot and it's crazy. And also, uh, we didn't mm-hmm. mention, but Emily kind of seemed like she was going to foot the bill for some of it. She apparently she, offered, yeah, offered, she offered to help, and I think it was really appropriate for Lorelai to point out, like, "Hey, that's yeah. way, way inappropriate." Yeah, I think were her exact words. Suki said she didn't take her up on it, yeah. but still, like, Emily is well connected. She was going to be able to get her fifty percent off of everything, and Lorelai's, y- you can't afford fifty percent off of anything. And then she said, "Well, I'll scrimp and I'll do twenty five percent." Suki, you can't afford twenty five percent. This is like a hundred thousand yeah. dollar wedding at this point. Oh, way That's more. Still... It's especially shipping costs international. Like, yeah, this would be. Then we're gonna get acrobats from Hong Kong. So yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> it was gonna be super expensive, and I love that Suki looks so upset when Jackson when she found out that Jackson was upset. Yeah, because like it connects them again. It's like oh. Right, like, this is not just my wedding, it's his wedding, too, and, like... I love how Lorelai very gently brought her down. It, it wasn't a, Suki, you're crazy, you can't do this, what are you thinking, how can you do this? It's a, okay, just, is this really what you want? Yeah. And if it is, you know, it it, it kind of had an applied, if it is, mm-hmm. we'll find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. But I, I really appreciated how Lorelai just very gently, just think... Take a, take a second, breathe, and think about well, what you're doing. As Lorelai yeah. is talking with Suki, of course, Luke calls again, and Lorelai rushes over to, not the diner, but to a mortuary. A mortuary. Yeah, because there's a problem with Louis's casket. So the, the guy that's working there has really quite a beautiful, like, deep baritone <laughs> voice. <laughs> And so, like, this guy has to be, like, a voice actor and things or doing, like, I love his voice. So I looked him up. He's not really, he had, like, six roles total. Wow. Um, but his official role title was Mortuary Worker. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was. Um, okay. We might talk about this yeah. in fashion, but I love, love the fact that Luke has black flannel. Like, he just, like, he was like, I'm in mourning. Let me put my black flannel on. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I didn't call him out specifically in fashion, but I did appreciate that Luke's like nice business. I'm doing something important. Outfit was like take the hat off, put on dark flannel and jeans, and we're good. And and tuck it in. And tuck it in. in. Yes, very different vibes tucked in. Um, but yeah, uh, Louis is kind of going the way of the pharaohs and is taking money, many of his important belongings with him. And by the time that Lorelai gets there, the casket won't close 
because there's so much in there with him. There's the joke that's made when Lorelai, which, like, oh my gosh, Lorelai is a braver woman than me, when she offers to attempt to close yeah. the coffin. Like, no, thank you. That makes not, me so uncomfortable. <laughs> I, like, I'm not squishing anything that's in there, but she tries yeah. and it bounces. And apparently there's a football in there that football. gives it that bounce. Mm-mm, no, not my job. Like, I will come here. I will stand by you. I will hold your hand. I will give you tissues while you cry. <laughs> I am not prepping anything in a casket. <laughs> I, I will say I don't understand why the worker, like he said, this is the size casket we recommend for somebody of medium height and build. That would imply there is a larger yeah. size, right? Yes. And I mean, we find well, out, yes, there is. There are bigger options, but. But before that, Luke is over it. The casket won't close. Yeah. And he's. You know, he's talking about how selfish Louis is. Even in death, he's selfish. You know, there's baseball cards mm-hmm. that Luke would have mm-hmm. loved. There's things that could have been shared. To hell with it. Just dig a hole and drop his body in. Yep. Which is, whoa, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand how incredibly frustrated he must be. Like, Luke essentially puts his entire life on mm-hmm. hold. From the moment Mm -hmm. that he starts planning this, right? He has to stop doing his work. He's running around. He's on the phone with these businesses. He's trying to get in touch with people who don't want to be in touch with him. Like, the situation with the reenactors. Luke is just trying to make this happen. And this is kind of the final Mm -hmm. straw, which I completely get. Literally nobody. Lorelai is the only person who is working with him. and I mean, Rory, too. Yeah. But, like, working with him and trying to help literally everybody else that he has tried to work with to get this done is giving him pushback of some kind. Even if it's just trying to get somebody on the line. And he's on hold for an hour for a two-minute conversation. Yeah. And that's when he could finally get through. I just... I get it. I get his pure frustration at this point. And it's hard when you have family members. And we all kind of have him that you don't get along with or that you have a toxic relationship with or mm-hmm. just we're shitty people, right? And yeah. you have to pay your respects or you don't, right? Like, you can also choose to abstain, yeah. which is, you know, an option. What the majority of the yeah. family chose to do, apparently. And, like, you gotta think, yes, Luke is getting frustrated because nothing's going his way, but maybe everyone else, you know, has a right to say no. Like, yeah, Louis yeah. sounds like a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting just culturally, too, because there is a lot of ill spoken of this deceased mm-hmm. person, right? Like, I feel like in some cultures, it is completely, you do not no. say anything bad, right? You just grin and bear it. You do everything and you move on. But no, people are... They have no problem. I love the end of this episode because there's a wake and they're like, no holds barred. It's a roast. Um, But at this point, it's a dark moment for Luke. He is done. Lorelai is trying to do what she can do and there's really nothing at this point. Well, we come back to the diner. Yeah. You see Jess pouring a cup of coffee, which good. He's helping. Right? He's he's and there. And two seconds later, it all goes downhill. It's still the same day because I think Rory is still in the same clothes. I think it's still the same day of Jack of Jackson's conversation. Mm. So this would have been after she pulled him in, yes, I think? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Because I think when he's done, he's like, okay, I did all the things. Can I go now? Yes, he is. And it's very much like, hey, mom, can I go now, please? 
Yeah. Go play the video um, I love his you're welcome when she's like, thank you. It's very cute. However, <laughs> Luke arrives and he has calmed down, right? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even if Louie was a jerk, he deserves to be buried. He deserves a funeral. At the end of the day, he was a vet and he was mm-hmm. Luke's uncle, right? So yeah. yeah, whatever happens, happens. And I do love that Lorelai is just like, there for him mm-hmm. i really do mm-hmm. love lorelei in this episode with him yeah yeah but luke has to go upstairs mm-hmm. to change because he can't be a tucked in flannel <laughs> guy at the diner he has to be a backwards <laughs> hat guy at the diner and that gives a nice opening for someone to mm-hmm. appear someone recently fired maybe oh hi emily <laughs> emily is here and she's mad because she has just lost out on her wedding planning gig mm-hmm. essentially and she immediately knew it was Lorelai's doing i think we can all agree emily is totally oh yeah definitely. Here. oh yeah like i really i really wish Lorelai would have yeah, like right. fired from what mom wedding planner from what what <laughs> mm-hmm. was your job title point it out please. um Lorelai is convinced that emily was truly planning Lorelai's fictional wedding like through suki mm-hmm. and emily kind of says no and then she says no i know what your wedding would be it would be snow everywhere and like you would be coming in in a horse-drawn carriage and russian themed and all this and lorelei looks like appalled i'm sorry Mm -hmm. have you met yourself right (laughs) you 100 percent to a t that is lorelei gilmore absolutely yeah like she could have had one of those furry I think it's called a, a muff, mm-hmm. right? Where you put both of your hands into oh, yeah. it to stay warm. Yeah. She could have had a crown. She could have had a cape. That's so Lorelai. She could have been a beautiful snow yeah. princess. <laughs> Lorelai and snow are synonymous. And you're telling me it's not me? Oh. No, this is Lorelai saying say no. no for the sake of saying no to her mother. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'll not necessarily defend Emily. I'm not defending Emily. I do think that she did try to cater the weirdness of the wedding mm-hmm. to Suki's vibe. Yes. I I will agree with her on that. I just I think Emily was at a point of, well, I'm never going to be able to plan my daughter's wedding, so I might as well plan yeah. this wedding mm-hmm. for Suki cuz I mean Lorelai even asked like who's wearing the wedding dress? And Emily doesn't actually yeah. answer the question. Yeah. Because we all know it was Lorelai. Well, yeah. Emily kind of puts a connection towards Lorelai and Luke again. Number one, and probably Lorelai standing in your reception yeah, hall. Yeah, like truly, no one ships Luke and Lorelai as hard as Emily. And she Gilmore. hates it. She hates it, <laughs> but she can't stop doing it. And I love and it he- because she essentially says it's going to be you guys. Yeah. It's you're getting married. <laughs> I love that her last words walking out are, "Luke, what did you think of the Romanovs? <laughs> probably had it coming. Yep, match made in heaven." He comes down mid dress. <laughs> Like, he's not even finished dressing, right? And he has... I mean, his dress mostly buttons. <laughs> he has, you know... I'm gonna say, a dopey look on his face, right? <laughs> Maybe not looking yeah. the sophisticated man that Emily wants Lorelai to be with. But, like, even Emily can see the connection between them. So why can't Lorelai? Yeah. Well, because of the same reason that she couldn't accept a beautiful winter wonderland wedding. Because her mom mm-hmm. said it. Maybe, yeah. 
And she has to go against her mom's wishes. Maybe Emily is the reason it takes <laughs> so dang long for these two crazy kids to get together. That is actually a be, solid yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> well, we go to our next scene, which is, of course, the actual funeral. It is just Lorelai and Luke and the re- reverend, not the mm-hmm. father. Mm-hmm. Rory yep. is nowhere to be seen. We find out later she's at the diner still helping. But I yeah. figure... They could have closed the diner now. I'm surprised she's not actually at the funeral. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it seemed like the diner was closed because to Jess open it. has to yeah, unlock. Yeah, so Rory should have been... Yeah. So who knows? Maybe she's finally doing some schoolwork. Like... <laughs> well, also, Jess should be there, right? It's a family member. Yeah. Yeah. Also a good point. I Yeah. I'm with you. I don't understand why these crazy yeah. kids weren't there. I Yeah, this is very bizarre, but... I mean, I really appreciated Lauren's acting in this scene, mm-hmm. especially towards the end. So it's just Luke and Lorelai and the Reverend. You know, he's doing kind of very general, like, this was a good man, blah, blah, blah. And then we hear a drum and it's Andrew mm-hmm. coming up over this hill. And surprise, the reenactors are here to give him the proper send off because, you know, they must have gotten together and decided but Lauren does a great job. Lorelai does this, like, she just, she gets teary. She doesn't mm-hmm. weep. Yeah. She doesn't cry. You can see the tears in her eyes. But, like, it's this moment of these people coming together because she's putting it together. They're doing yeah. it for Luke. It's not for Louie. It's not for Luke's dad. This is for Luke. I was thinking, because mm-hmm. Luke thanks her, right? Yeah. They come out. Do you think um, he's thanking her for the day, right, for everything that he she's done? which it would be valid. Or did Lorelai ask the reenactors to come? And that's why they're there. You beat me to it. Yeah. I was going to ask the same thing. Because that was the impression I got. Hmm. Me too. I think Lorelai went and like asked them. Lorelai'd them into coming. Because they were pretty Maybe. set. Like, it's a no. They were pretty set, but Luke had a pretty decent tangent at the end of mm-hmm. that conversation too that could have also talked him into it essentially. Or guilted them into it. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like Lorelai's reaction is like genuine, like heartfelt surprise. Not like shock, but like I feel like her reaction is like, oh my gosh, they're here. This mm-hmm. is happening. Because she also mm-hmm. doesn't plan the wake, right? Yes, that is again right. community planned. And I think it's like I think it's the community all coming together, being like, mm-hmm. okay. This is happening. Luke is trying. Luke is failing. We need to come together and support him. Yeah. Patty might have been the one to talk yeah. the reenactors into it. True. Well, part of the reenactors, I do think her playing badly was not appropriate. <laughs> at the, but at the same time, right? just don't play anything. It's so What is he like, supposed to be playing? It's so good at the same time. Like, yes, it's a very, like, you know, emotional moment. But it's just that little dollop of Stars Hollow on top. Perk. You think it's because he tried to get coffee from Lorelai and he's like, I need one quarter decaf, three quarters caffeinated. And she's like, I four fourths don't care. So he's like, I'm going to ruin no, this for don't you. I don't think that he knows that he plays badly. I think he thinks that he plays pretty well. Most likely. Yeah. Uh, so they walk it back to the diner and like we said, it's packed. Rory is serving. and She is dressed for a funeral. Yes, she is dressed for the mm-hmm. funeral. Jess is not, and he's eating. Um, okay, there's normally a funeral service at the funeral home, 
And then at the casket, there's like a short message and then mm-hmm. kind of that's it. What if Rory and Jess were at the funeral home funeral and then left after that and didn't go to the yeah, cemetery? Maybe. They went back to Luke. And they went to Luke. Yeah. Or maybe Jess wasn't there at all because he just unlocked the door, but Rory <laughs> might have done that. <laughs> yeah. Because we do find out that Laura like, did, did not plan this. Excuse me. Luke didn't Mm-mm. plan this. Nope. And it was almost, we almost got the implication that Jess planned it, right? For just like half yeah. a second. Until... Um, but no, all he did was open the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the ballet, the ballet lady, the ballet the crazy lady ballet called. teacher. I love that people brought food. I was thinking, like, as it built up to it, I was like, how would the town respond if Jess actually went to them individually and was like, "Hey, I want to do this for Luke." I mean, like, how do you respond to, yeah. to Jess at that point if he had been the one to plan it? I think that people like Taylor would be like, yeah. "No, you're a hooligan." No, but if he went to the right people, right? If he went to Patty and Babette, yeah. they would uh-huh. they would melt and they would help him. Yes. I do think that Jess is one of those characters that has, like, three distinct characters, versions Mm -hmm. of himself. I think the later versions of him, they would have taken seriously. But this version, unfortunately, not many people in the town would have taken very seriously. Yes. Yeah. Um, But regardless, they're, you know, people brought food. They're coming together. Troubadour number two Mm -hmm. is there. And yes, he is final party <laughs> he goes shot to taylor love it and taylor of course is eating vegetables or about to eat vegetables that are from troubadour number two he so dumps, he dumps them in the, the garbage think they really were or do you think know. he just At said this it point, he's trolling like, i can him. totally see yeah. him either way well we find out that uh he sold all his vegetables and he made enough money to travel and he wants to go to israel plant some peace to plant some peace See if it grows. Spread it around. Like, he's the most hippie hippie. My favorite and thing I love is it. that Taylor is like, if you knew, then why did you put my put me through this? And Troubadour number two is just like, you put yourself through it. And he did. Like, he did. He did. Yep. Zing! It was <laughs> perfect. Like, yeah, Taylor, you created this problem for yourself. If he had just been chill for, what, the three days mm-hmm. maximum? Yeah. It would have been over and done. Nope. Not the Taylor way. Well, and you think, too, like, Taylor is the proper authorities in Stars Hollow. I would assume this permit has yeah. a date, a start and end time that Taylor probably, probably yeah. could have looked yeah, at. you're totally right. Yeah. I'm surprised nope. Taylor didn't have to sign it. Right? Yeah. Maybe he went through Miss <laughs> Patty. Maybe she's the other half of the Or the actual police. mayor of the town. Because Taylor's not yeah. the mayor. Gosh. Yeah. He exists. But yeah. At some point, Taylor is the mayor. Not yet, though. I Later. I think it's season yeah. six Yeah, that he's officially referred well, to. Well, you know who else is officially part of this town? Jess Mariano. He doesn't want to be, but... He does. And I love that Rory knows that that is mm-hmm. going to bug him more than anything. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the, you know, Arbor Day joke where she's like, yeah, you'll have to join us for Arbor Day. And he's like, I'm going to knock over a liquor store during Arbor Day. And she says, <laughs> as long as it's a liquor store in our town, neighbor. <laughs> and the neighbors are oh, coming together. I love that they're part, talking, too. Like you said before, they're roasting Louie. Yeah. Kind of well-deserved. And continuing to laugh about the horrible yeah. things that he has still done. Literally everything is terrible. 
I'm glad we don't get more of Babette's story. That's how we kind of, like, end things. Babette is midway through a story. It's like... I want to know, like, so she's like, so I I honked on the horn, and then she kind of, she's like, well, just a little honk, not a bad honk, just a little one. I'm like, did somebody give you a look for honking on your horn that you felt you had to back it down? Or are you just being Babette of just trying to be sweet because you're sweet? Who was the town's person of the week? Very clear cut for me. Oh, it's clear cut for me. I th- I thought town troubadour number two could have had it. I know I think- we we talked about like the no side characters, and so I was worried that he would be like considered a side character in this He's a episode. Recurring like, character. He- he doesn't even have a true name. Like, his IMDb is Second Town Troubadour. Oh, yes. Guys, so. Lorelai was a star in this episode. She was She had really a rough start, but she definitely, like, by the end, was doing really well. However, I want to give it a Luke. Mine was Luke. Yeah. Luke tries so hard in this episode. Mm-hmm. Really does. And, like, it's hard. Planning a funeral, it's hard. Planning a funeral for, for someone people don't like. Yeah. yeah. Um, And to do it, you know, in the memory of your father, who also seemed to not be the best. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it would be Luke. I understand if you guys want to give it to the town to <laughs> number two, just to stick it to Taylor. I, I will support that. But just know that I choose I Luke. think Luke is also trying very hard to be a good member of this town in this episode. Mm-hmm which is not something that comes naturally to him. That's something he struggles with. So I think that that also goes towards, I agree, it can be Luke. Yeah, Luke was very clear cut for me. Uh, he just, everything he is doing, he is doing from the goodness of his heart and in honor of his father. And I think that's great. As much as I absolutely love the second Troubadour line, there is a level of meticulous petty involved in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is. That that isn't necessarily good. <laughs> All right, then, Luke Danes, you had a tough week this episode, but yeah, congratulations, yeah, you're the townsperson of the week. First up, we have references with Sandra. Weekly references with Sandra. For today's references, I got an old movie, a history lesson, and then a fake reference. So, first off, we have David and Lisa. And this is reference when Troubadour number two goes to hug Taylor, and he shrinks back and he apologizes, saying that Taylor has a Dave and Lisa thing going on. Well, I heard that. I was curious. Yeah. David and Lisa is a 1962 film directed by Frank Perry. And is based on the second story of a two-in-one novella by Theodore Isaac Rubin. Um, David and Lisa tell the story of a, a young man who suffers from a mental illness that has instilled in him the fear of being touched, also known as happy phobia. Um, because of this, he's admitted into a treatment center where he meets Lisa, who's also suffering from split personality disorder. Although, side note... That is now known as dissociative disorder, identity disorder. Um, And also, the way films have deflected this is not how it's deflected in real life. So just 
That is a warning. Um, in the movie, David cannot even handle a single brushing of another hand, so that's what the farmer market's man is equating him to. Um, again, it should be noted this movie is completely outdated. Uh, Lisa's journey is not necessarily one that would have typically played out in real life. Like, she gets healed from the power of love. Ah, of course. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, However, it is the 1960s, and it was a movie about mental illness and trying to get past the stigmas, so there is that. Uh, The movie was nominated for two Academy Awards, one for director and the other for best screenplay. And here, Duella, Duella, sorry, um, won the Golden Globe for Most Promising Male Newcomer, which I do not believe is still a category. (laughs) I don't think so either. (laughs) Um, There was a 1998 remake... Um, produced by Oprah and starring Lucas Haas as David and the late Brittany Murphy as Lisa, oh. as well as the recently passed Sydney Ponier as the doctor. Yeah. So that's what that was. Um, for my second reference is the Romanovs. Um, when Emily and Lorelai are discussing how Emily imagined Lorelai's wedding and how it would have had a Russian theme, the Romanovs were mentioned. Um, Luke even says they had it coming, which I believe Emily said before. The Romanovs consisted of Nicholas II, his wife, Alexandra, and their five kids, Olga, Tatiana, Maria, Anastasia, and Alexei. Now, I'm not going to get into why this particular family, uh, was killed into too much detail, but a very succinct explanation is that the Tsar, Nicholas, and his family were kidnapped by the Bolshevik? That sounds right. Yeah. By the yeah. Bolshevik, and then murdered by them so that his rule would end. It's political, whatever. I want to focus on Anastasia. The Grand Duchess Anastasia, Anastasia of Russia, the youngest daughter of Nicholas and Alexandra, was most likely, actually, definitely killed the same day. However, there's been persistent rumors of her possible escape, mostly because people didn't know where she was buried. It took until very recently for DNA testing to confirm that she was killed with the rest of her family. But for several years, people thought her alive. And in uh, 1997, there was an amazing movie um, based on her story called Anastasia. It's an animated movie, not by Disney. It's great. I super recommend it. I don't know if it's on Disney Plus, but I feel like it is. It is. Is it a blue? It's not. It's not. Okay. Um, cause like you said, it was not made by Disney. It was not. Um, it stars Meg Ryan and, and John Cusack. Yes. It was a Don um, Bluth. Actually, it might be. It was a Fox film. It and was, Disney it was Fox. Bo- Fox. Yeah, that's why I thought it was on Disney Plus. Um. Maybe. I remember, this was a while ago, um, I had to buy it on Prime because I was craving a, a watch <laughs> on it. It's so good. There is a woman who successfully played anastasia oh no sorry different things she successfully imitated anastasia for like 20 years oh yeah it is anderson okay okay i I thought that's what you were until dna testing Mm -hmm. finally proved it was not her so there were people that that came forward um especially this woman anderson who was like i am anastasia and unfortunately at that time there was just no way to prove it or not prove it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people got away with it. 
now, for my last reference, it's very short because it's not a reference. <laughs> I couldn't find anything about it, but it's when Rory and Lorelai are serving um, at the diner, and Lorelai calls Rory Wilma, and Rory and calls her mom Gertie. That's from nothing. I was wondering about that. They reference it twice. Luke says something yeah. too. Um, I don't remember. Are those the second just diner reference. girl names? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just what you expect. As far as I know, and I can see that a lot of people have tried to kind of connect something to it. Wilma and Gertie are just two names that the Gilmore Girls made up at the spot. This is not a real reference. So ASP will now sneakily put in non-references, which definitely does not make my life easier. (laughs) But it's fun to include nonetheless. Um, But yeah, those were my references. Um, It was a reference-heavy episode. It was. But a lot of them were well-known. A lot of them were fake. Um, Jess mentions a PBS kind of TV show, but it's not real. Um, so like, yeah, but otherwise that was, can I, can I add on to your references real quick? Just cause I was curious, um, at the town meeting when Lorelai and warrior going back of it's redundant or indubitably. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's redundant. They were going back and forth like that. That was based off of the goofy gophers on the Looney Tunes. Oh, okay. (laughs) So it was a real reference. (laughs) Wow. We had a Looney Tunes reference and everything. I Um, looked it up because I was also curious. (laughs) But yes, um, after references, we have a TV show with Emily. Books, movies, and music with Emily. With Emily. Um, Also, by the way, Bright Eye and Bushy Tail um, dates back to the 1500s. Okay. Yeah, no, I figured. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this week we are doing I Dream of Jeannie. We had no books mentioned. We had no real music mentioned. We might have had some references to movies, but like no real movies mentioned. Um, So at one point there is a reference to I Dream of Jeannie for General Healy. So I Dream of Jeannie was made based off of the success of Bewitched. It aired um it aired from 1965 to 1970 and it starred Barbara Eden as Jeannie and and Larry Hagman played Tony or Captain Anthony Nelson. Tony crashes on an island, finds a bottle that literally follows him and he opens it and there is a genie. And you get this, what's very common to me, opening theme song of do 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 do. I loved this um, show when I was younger. I did too. It was one of the first TV shows to have a partially animated opening. Mm-hmm. Um, it also started out in pure black and white, and it was one of the last shows on NBC, I believe, that actually transitioned to color. And that was because of some of the special effects they used. They had a really hard time getting it to work appropriately in a co- in a color TV setting. Um, so it takes place over the span of five years with Tony and Jeannie. Um, they fall in love and get married. 
And so the whole plot of the show of like trying to hide Jeannie from the military <laughs> turns into trying to hide her powers instead, um, which I think that's only the last season. But I found it interesting. Um, the creator, based off of the success of Bewitched, did not want a blonde lead. Oh. But they could not get, they just, they couldn't find anybody. So they ended up contacting Barbara Eden's agent. I mean, like, we'll take her. Die not exist in the fifties. Clearly not. Hmm. Okay. Or it, maybe it would have cost too much for them, or they just mm. didn't want to deal with it. Um, my absolute favorite thing though was I. So she puts her hands together, does yeah. like that every time. Every mm-hmm. time she casts magic. Yeah, it takes place in F- Florida in Cape Kennedy. There's drama of him trying to hide her existence. Um eventually one of his co-workers does discover Jeannie and then they kind of retcon it of like oh no he was there when Tony found Jeannie um you do meet her sister who is the dark-haired version <laughs> apparently all of the women from their world are named Jeannie <laughs> is it the same actress or a different actress same actress oh. put on a okay. put on a brunette wig which I guess special effects back in the 60s would have been very impressive to have them both on the same screen at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it essentially ends with them getting married. There was a movie called I Dream of Jeannie 15 years later, released in 1985, um, with Tony Jr. as oh. she tells her, tells him their story. And it, about about them and um, an evil gin that she refused to marry. I gotta be honest, I always confuse I Dream of Jeannie and Bewitched. Like, in my yeah. head, they're the same show. Well, they kind of are. They're very similar, yeah. right? It's, they have two, like, yeah. strong blonde leads and two kind of dopey brunette doofy. men who <laughs> yeah they are in love with and get up to all kinds of bumbling adventures but i just wanted to live inside of genie's bottle it looked so cool it looked so like exotic and comfy and had all these beautiful colors and cushions and it was i, I think it said she came out speaking persian hmm. of the bottle until like he he makes a wish to understand her and then she starts speaking English. If you guys want some good black and white modern stuff, watch WandaVision. It was really good. I do need to watch that. It was like Magnus. insanely good. Um, and it made fun of, well, it didn't make fun of, it, it paid homage to shows of those decades. I recommend. That was my media, I guess, for the week. Not necessarily in the jingle, but TV show from the 60s, Yay. which is kind of Lorelai's bread and butter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but after that, we have Fashion with Jess. Making fashion choices, making fashion choices, making fashion choices with Jess. This week's fashion is kind of all over the place. We have a lot of workwear, and then we have a couple of, like, occasions with the funeral. Um, I will say that I struggled to find the best dressed this week. Not a lot of the outfits we saw were great. Um, and it's only, like, 
because I feel like I have to give a best dress that I have it. But I would say my best dress was when we see Lorelai in the sleeveless red turtleneck with the dark pants. Um, It's like a work outfit. That was the only Mm -hmm. time that I saw her that I was like, oh, okay, she looks nice. Um, Some of her other work outfits are like basic. She does a lot of the button up, you know, kind of silky shirts with dark pants. But I thought that the sleeveless red turtleneck kind of stood out in a sea of otherwise button up blouses. I did like Rory's dress, her funeral dress. Yeah, I thought oh, it yeah. looked like maybe like a sweater and a skirt. It's kind of a... Mm-hmm. Oh, it might have been. So it's a black yeah. kind of boat-necked uh, top. And then the skirt is black with a chevron and then florals. And I mm-hmm. did think it was mm-hmm. nice because, unfortunately, my worst dress this week, there were a couple of bad ones, but my definite worst dress was Lorelai's funeral outfit. It was so bizarre. I can understand. Because, yeah. I mean, I know that, again, there are different cultures. It was cultures. a pink t-shirt. Yes. It was a pink t-shirt, and yeah. it was a, like, floral suit jacket. Mm-hmm. In some cultures, you are not supposed to wear black to a, a funeral, right? You're supposed to wear colors. Um, some religions, they want you to wear more colorful clothing. No, this was a very bog-standard, like you know, Christian Catholic kind of mm-hmm. service. Luke is in dark colors. And Lorelai's got a pink t-shirt on and jeans. I know that it's casual. I know she's the only other person there. I just but thought he's it was in a such suit. A, it was such a weird outfit. And we've seen Lorelai yeah. more dressed up to go to dozies. You know, like, yeah. it's not like she doesn't have the, the wardrobe for this. So that was my worst dressed. I know that both of you had strong opinions about Lorelai's town meeting outfit, uh, which was <laughs> red pants with a red and blue striped button-up shirt. Just an interesting color combo. I mean, the red and the red work together, but it's just a strange. Yeah, she's look. also wearing a white shirt underneath, so it just yeah. gives you patriotic to the max. <laughs> first off, um, yes. but secondly, the shirt material. Almost looks denim. Like, it's such a weird material. Mm -hmm. And, like, if it wasn't for the fact that she wore a pink shirt to a funeral, this would be the absolute worst outfit that I could have seen her in this this week. Well, it's funny because I had another worst dress. Until I got to the funeral, I had Rory. Um, I think I know what outfit you're talking about. Rory in the blue and green or gray striped... Originally, I thought it was a rugby shirt, you know, where it has the white collar and then mm-hmm. stripes. But then we see her without the apron on and she's it's there's it's a V-neck, but there's no buttons. And she has a full crew neck gray T-shirt underneath. It just looks bad. It looks dressed in the dark. Um, and I know that she's just running the diner, so she doesn't need to be dressed up. I just thought it was so bad. We see some weird stuff on Rory, but that was definitely one of my worst all time, especially with the dark pants. They were black or gray. Just not a great look. Um, I did not have a steel item in this. I thought maybe that black cat t-shirt that Lorelai's wearing in the cold open. Um, I have a giant monitor on my desk and I tried to like get that picture as big as I could to tell what it said. I could not figure out if it was a band, if it was a club. 
what it was. So I'm not going to steal it because I don't know what it actually is. <laughs> um, but yeah, kind of a meh fashion episode for me. Did you guys have anything else? Um, I already mentioned the black flannel shirt from before yes. that Luke was wearing. I would steal that. I th- yeah. I just like it. Um, I agree with you on the red um, turtleneck sleeveless sleeveless turtleneck. I thought that looked fantastic on Lorelai. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the denim shirt with the red jeans just did not work. No. It's it's weird. The pants are weirdly bright for like a chem- a toned down shirt. Like the shirt itself, I think would almost be fine on its own with some with jeans, a subtle jeans, regular jeans. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, with the right bright red. And she like had to make the conscious decision to change out of her black <laughs> pants and like that pink blouse that she wore to work mm-hmm. and to the diner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She decided to change out of it after working at the diner to go to the meeting? I don't know. My So my last little, like, styling comment for this episode is whoever was on hair this episode absolutely flat-ironed Lauren's hair to mm-hmm. death. Her hair yeah. is so flat and straight in this episode. Like, when she moves, it's got that... Anybody who grew up when we grew up with, like, the emo kids, you know, straight ironing their bangs until they were just wisps, that's the vibes that I was getting from the bottom of her hair. It was emo, it was seen, it was all of those things. Like, but that was the vibes of her, like, kind of soft little ends floating behind her as she moved. And I thought, oh, I hope they deep conditioned her after this episode. (laughs) It was definitely, like, in at the time. it was. Yeah. Basically, fry your hair. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have curly hair. So, like, oh, man, I would be doing it all the time. And it ruins your hair. Yeah. I have naturally pretty straight hair. And I remember a friend taught me that you spray it with hairspray first. And then yeah. you straighten it yeah. because it makes it stay. And you just hear it sizzling as it crisps yeah. Yeah. your hair. And that was the goal. <laughs> and all yeah. you're doing is essentially burning your hair off. So don't do that. Don't yeah. Do that. <laughs> if you care for your hair at all, go for don't like do that. later season Lorelei hair, which looks much healthier and happier. So yeah, that was fashion for episode 17. And after fashion, we have Stars Hollow Speaks. All right, so first up, we had a comment on our last episode, which was the second half of There's the Rub from To Earth from Pluto, and she said, I'm only 30 minutes in, but I wanted to say that I think the difference between the attempts at manipulation are Dean manipulates Rory to take her away from what she loves, and Jess manipulates Rory to include himself in what she loves. And while manipulation of any kind is not healthy, I think it says a lot that one is focused on Rory, which is Jess, and the other is focused on himself, which is Dean. Hopefully that makes a bit of sense. It's 3.30 a.m. And I think that's a really great point. <laughs> oh, um, I do too. Yeah, I agree. I know that we definitely discussed the different types of manipulation and how none of it was okay, but I think that's a really great way to kind of break it down um, mm-hmm. and a really super valid point. So thank you so much for that contribution. And a comment on this episode on Dead Uncles and Vegetables was from Ninja Slayer Girl, um, 
who is uh, a usual here, and we love very much. And a big Jess fan. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. Um, She says, lots of good married couple dynamics, scenes, interactions with Jess and Rory in this episode. Also thought also thought that it was a good episode for Luke and Lorelai. The way she was there for supported him slash supported him when he was dealing with and planning his uncle's funeral. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird Jess and Rory episode because it's not one of the usual ones you turn to mm-hmm. when you want to watch a good Jess and Rory episode. But it ha- it does have like the little married couple bickering. So Definitely. yeah, good points. And then we also heard from Kendra a couple weeks now. It was our one year anniversary of meeting. So we just put out the, the, like a little comment of like, how do you feel about it? So Kendra responded. "Um, It was a while back. I think the prom episode for Rory, but um, she loved when we took turns sharing our prom stories um, it was so unifying to hear about this rite of passage from three modern girls whose experiences I can relate to um, as they discuss a fictional character's experience of them from 20 years ago. So similar. Well, our experiences also happened about 10 ago. or 15 years ago. <laughs> so that might be why they're close to Rory. However, that being said... um, I, it's a universal thing in America, at, at the very least. This prom experience, either you go or you don't go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it means a lot. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. thank you. I still have my prom dress. Me too. Yeah, I still have mine One too. of them, anyway. I gotta rewear that thing. <laughs> I don't know if I could fit in it. <laughs> um, And then, finally, we had a Reddit comment on kind of a throwback post, um, unintentionally on our post on the subreddit for the first episode of Christopher, the first time we see him. So Minimum One commented on it. She says, love the podcast. I don't understand the point system for the summaries, though. I I responded, girl, but same. Uh, (laughs) She's just like, why not? Guys, I I messed up. I'm sorry. (laughs) She says, anyway, love the podcast. You guys really make me feel like I'm sitting there and chatting with you. Thank you. And we we were looking at our some of the reviews that we've gotten um, just over the past year or so, and a lot of them basically say it feels like I'm sitting there with you guys, and I think that might be like one of the most special things that you guys mm-hmm. could tell us. So thank you very very much. Yeah. Well, thank you guys again for all your messages. Um, of course, you can reach us on Instagram or email us. All our socials are going to be after the episode. But before this episode ends, we have to talk about coffee. La, 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 Now, it's super strange because Lorelai and Rory are in the diner for at least so 50%, times. right, of oh, this yeah. episode. They never drink coffee. I guess they're working, right? So they're not drinking coffee. Yeah. Um. Well... That's kind of backwards because the only place Lorelai drinks coffee is at work at the end. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at the end, she's allowed to drink coffee. Um, so we had Lorelai marked down for one and Rory had none. So it kind of seems like the coffee heavy episodes are always in the front, in the beginning and then at the end. They and forget the middle they're episodes, supposed to be obsessed with coffee. Right? 
I feel we'll like. We'll see. We, we're, we're, what, on the back quarter of mm-hmm. the season now? Yeah. So, theoretically, we should see an uptick here soon then? Yeah. Or we'll see if season three starts and it's just coffee, mm-hmm. coffee, coffee until episode four or five or yeah. wherever. Um, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. But for now, it's another light coffee episode. Well, thank you <laughs> for joining us for this kind of filler episode, kind of sweet episode. It's got a little mix of everything. We're really glad that you listened to the whole thing. As always, I was Jess. And I was Sandra. And this is Emily. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks again so much for listening. As always, we do love to hear from our listeners. You can reach us on Instagram at townmeetingpod. Send us an email at townmeetingpod at gmail.com, or you can now support us at buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting. Thanks, guys.